Welcome to Arrows on Air, presented by Tomorrow's Air. I'm Christina Beckman, and this is a show where we meet artists, travelers, and scientists from all over the world to talk about art, travel, and climate action. Hello, and welcome. Today, I'm delighted to be talking with Anna Ahn, who is in the communications staff at Climeworks, Tomorrow's Air Partner for Carbon Removal with Permanent Storage. Anna lives in Switzerland, but has spent time in both Germany and Korea, and we met when Tomorrow's Air was pitching Airbnb to host our online experience called Pull Carbon from the Air as part of our ever-expanding effort to build awareness for carbon removal. Anna and I spent time sorting out how to deliver the Climeworks plant tour virtually, and in the process, we have become friends. Anna is adventurous and curious and also careful and organized. I think this comes across in our conversation. We cover backpacking, knitting, the properties of volcanic stone in Iceland, the difference between direct air capture and carbon capture and storage, what it was like giving her first direct air capture plant tour to employees from Google, the ways in which the current social trends influence climate communications, and also Momo, a German fantasy story about the concept of time. I hope you enjoy our conversation. All right, Anna, thank you so much for joining me here on a Friday night for you in Zurich. How are you? Thanks, Christina, for having me. I am good. I am good. Um, Getting got used to home office in the past weeks, so I would love to just start with your perspective on the world. You're under thirty. I'm well over thirty. Um, I'm just like how how are you? And you work. I mean, we as we know, you work at Climeworks. This conversation is not all about Climeworks, but you're very active in climate and on the leading edge of climate. Um, working with a carbon removal company. So I want to just start with what's on your mind these days? What's your perspective on the world? Well, these days it's it's still a special situation, right? So what what keeps me busy kind of is that I'm reflecting a lot on what's really important to me and uh, how I can integrate this also more strongly into my life. Um, and the climate being being one part of that, obviously, um, but also, yeah, it it kind of these days force you to think about what you really want to focus on in life. So I'm thinking about my fr- family, my friends, about nature, about health, about hobbies that that give me more energy than rather than consuming my energy. Um, and also, I I think I'm on a daily basis. I I think how privileged I am in the current situation, and I hope I can give something back um, through my work, but also my personal life. Did you grow up in Germany? I think I have that right. Yes, yes, I grew up in Germany. My uh, dad is originally from Korea, but he moved to Germany as a kid already. So. He's uh, 100% integrated, and I grew up in a very German way, (laughs) Uh but then moved to Switzerland when I was 12, so um, Uh I have both nationalities by now, and I really 
love Switzerland. It's it's a great country with great nature and a lot of innovations happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm happy here. <laughs> what hobbies have dropped from your from your set? Like what things don't give you energy anymore that you are kind of like, you know, this is not a high value thing. Um, so I'm starting with the hobbies. I think um like earlier I, I did stuff that that kind of gave me instant gratification. <laughs> so I think you mentioned in your notes before binge watching Netflix, for example. I, I think I'm yes. prone to that. But yes. um it really consumes energy rather than giving me energy energy. So mm-hmm. something like that. Stuff that I just do th- that's easy and quick but but it mm-hmm. doesn't really give me anything and mm. I think my hobby is therefore transformed in the past year so I, I really enjoy being in nature and going on hikes so last summer I went on a hiking trip for a week which was the first time I did that and that was mm. really really nice mm. um, I mean now in home office especially in winter I also started knitting stuff <laughs> which uh-huh. I also enjoy a lot <laughs> um, but in general I mostly enjoy spending time with with the people I love and I try to um, keep friendships friendships from with people from very different backgrounds mm. to kind mm. of not be stuck in a mm in a tunnel or in a, mm-hmm. in a bubble, let's say. Let's uh, stop a minute on this hike in Switzerland. Did it, um, I bet it just took a while to get used to this pack. I know from my own experience, hiking the first couple of days are not easy, but then I'm always glad I did it. Yes, uh, that was, it was amazing. Um, I went with my boyfriend and we just stayed in Switzerland and were hiking through the Alps, more or less, and um, you're 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 right. It, it took a few days to get used to to all the gear and to the weight on my back, and um, I was a bit nervous in the beginning that I that I'm not fit enough or anything. But um, I got used to it quite quite quickly. And what fascinated me most is that you that the only uh, transportation mean you have is your own body, and it can take you mm. anywhere. If you just let it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love how you say we only we just only stayed in Switzerland. You know, it's like the iconic destination for the rest of us. Backpacking in Switzerland is just—I have such visions of snow-capped peaks and mountain meadows with bursting with flowers. This summer, we are planning to go on a hike again, but uh, but including traveling by by bicycle mm-hmm. so uh, it's, awesome. it's, an, it's a new experience again but also the body Bike has packing. to take you to places <laughs> yeah yeah this is great what got you going on climate what was the spark for you on climate well I think it was partly my love for nature definitely at least I I've been interested in in sustainability for my whole life but this term especially during my t- my studies it was rather a blurry term that no one could really define and I didn't know what 
what does it mean for me? What does it mean for for organizations? Um, so that was one part, and the other part was I was I was interested in technology also mm. from from the very beginning, and I think what kind of sparked my um, engagement in this topic or my career start in in that field was really Climeworks itself as a company oh, because it brought everything really? together. Caught your attention. Yeah, it, it just combines sustainability with a tangible product, a technology that uh, that was super fascinating for me, and mm -hmm. I I jumped on board. Mm -hmm. It really also caught my attention, and and the the I mean, obviously, <laughs> and the notion that. I, I, it hadn't really registered with me until after I'd been in Antarctica, the, the fact of stored CO2 in the atmosphere, legacy emissions, that carbon dioxide hangs around for hundreds of years. I think I thought that offsetting, that conventional offsetting was, was getting it done. I really just didn't understand how how carbon could hang around in the atmosphere. And Anna, our, like you have been a piece of my education because preparing for our Airbnb um, online experience, I was really like, do you remember scripting in the beginning? Like I ran yeah, everything yeah. I said by you. Um, like say a little bit about, like you have been um, doing tours of the Climeworks plant. I mean, pre-COVID, It sounded like you were doing live tours occasionally. Did mm -hmm. you have a background in that or you just also sort of built up your capacity? I All of my background is coming from Climeworks. So I, um, yeah, I think it, it came with experience. And also I'd say I started at Climeworks um, during the perfect time when not only... I myself, I was at the start of my career. Climeworks was at the start of of really, yeah, growing very fast, and um, the whole industry around carbon removal and so on was also kind of starting starting to kick off, and it was a perfect timing for for me to grow my knowledge in that regard. So I just kept learning from the beginning and I was so fascinated by all the topics that I really digged into them and um, yeah learned you have about to this study I mean early. I love this photo of you with the hard hat in front of the <laughs> diagram but were you nervous on Matt I'm thinking back your first tour with Swiss serious Swiss people in suits I was I was very nervous. I think my first tour I did by myself was actually for some Google employees. Uh -huh. um, but they were very nice people. And I, I told them, hey, guys, this is the first time I do that on my own. So be easy mm -hmm. on me. Mm -hmm. um, so I think uh, now I can do that quite easily because one, mm -hmm. I'm experienced. I did a lot of tours by now. And, and two, I I also kind of like to have a healthy 
whatever attitude mm-hmm. <laughs> just to calm myself down because mm-hmm. I, in fact I, I am quite nervous when, when talking in front of a group of people mm-hmm. um, but just in the end you know I tell myself we're all human we it's a mm-hmm. people business um, we actually want to learn from each other and that's awesome and that mm-hmm. I really enjoy mm-hmm. and what can go wrong in the worst case you know this is true I remember one of my um, when I was consulting, you know, way back in my life, I was management consulting for a big five firm, and we had one of the people on our team had been in the military, and I think he was like a Navy SEAL prior to being oh, wow. a management consultant. <laughs> so he was further, you know, he was further along. I'd just come out of graduate school, and I was getting so wound up for presentations, and he was like nobody dies <laughs> in this situation <laughs> nobody dies so just calm down which i do you're right you have exactly the right attitude there when you, well i have to force my help myself to have it <laughs> <laughs> when you started at climeworks how many people were there i think around 40 and now how many people are there i think we are now 140 <laughs> It's just amazing. It's so, so cool to see. I think the, um, this space, I, you know, when I started getting to know the carbon removal technology businesses, I felt like I didn't have the, I didn't know that it was all new. I felt like I was coming into something that had been happening. You know, Mm -hmm. it was like, and it's reassuring to know that we're part of something that's building versus, I mean, we are catching up in terms of needing to scale quickly and take action, but, but you're right. Everybody is learning from each other. And so I think there's a, a congeniality about it that I wouldn't necessarily have expected. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm also very fascinated by that because um, you're right that all the carbon removal industry is very new and, and, growing quickly i think the technology itself has probably been around for a longer time but everything around it has to be built Mm -hmm. in terms of um organizational structure supply chain policy development that's Mm -hmm. there's so much Mm -hmm. to do still and we we Mm -hmm. only just started it's yeah an exciting Mm -hmm. journey i notice um in during the pandemic i wonder If you have noticed this also, it seems like the pandemic uh, created an opportunity for people to shift jobs to career change, or if they're um, just starting their careers, to to find their way to carbon removal. Like it just seems like so many great minds coming from different directions into this space i know just at tomorrow's air and we're very new mm-hmm. right like when, earth day we st- we did a landing page last year on april 22nd so we're sort of coming up on on one year now right and we get yeah. inbound from people you know saying looking for jobs or and i'm laughing i'm like i don't have jobs to offer at this <laughs> time but i bet you are inundated at climeworks yeah, yeah, we we get a lot of applications. That's true. 
I think it's, but it's still difficult to find the right person for the right position. So, mm. I mean, there are so many people out there that want to want to get started in this industry and want to contribute, and that's great. Um, but you know, it's difficult to match people to positions still, and mm. to find the the specific skills we need because it is quite a complex topic. You need so mm. many different skills. I want to ask you more about your family. What do they think of all this? And do you have brothers and sisters or are you like my son, an only? Yeah, sadly, I'm an only child. I, think I, would, <laughs> love, I would love to have siblings, but uh, I do not have. Um, my parents, yeah, I think... Uh, at first, when I started to work in this in this industry, they were a bit skeptical, or at least my mm. my dad, um, mm. because he he's very much, you know, a believer of a safe income in established mm. companies. Mm. To, to to yeah, he just always wants to make sure that I'm 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 safe. And, you know, carbon removal, direct air capture is something very new. And uh, at the beginning, he was right. unsure of, of, of all of this. But I think, meanwhile, he's one of my biggest fans or one of Climeworks' biggest fans, to right. be honest. You converted him. Uh, yeah. And there's it's also much happening. It's, it's just exciting. And, yeah, they... I think I'm very, very lucky to to have the parents I have because they always gave me a lot of freedom to make my own way. Of course, they supported me throughout, but I always knew that no matter what I decide to do or which direction I take, they would support me. So tell me what you see, Anna, because you're so on the inside. What are the positive and negative forces you think supporting or not supporting climate tech right now? So the positive forces, um, climate tech or maybe climate solutions more mm. broadly, I think it's all of the different movements in society. Like you said, more and more people want to be part of of carbon removal. I think more and more people want to be part of different kinds of movements these mm -hmm. days and mm -hmm. I feel like if we let it happen then everything will somehow come together and be a positive self-reinforcing power that can actually solve mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the climate crisis and other societal challenges we have so when I'm we're saying movements I mean you know people people want um, change for I don't know equality, feminism, social mm -hmm. justice. And mm -hmm. I think that all is in there together and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it can all be leveraged together. And I think that's that mm -hmm. helps. It is very um it is very all in there together. And sometimes I wrestle with this because it's uh from a like from a messaging, from a business perspective, I know that if we try to talk about too much, then it gets, you know, mushy and people can't, can't focus on that much. And yet the, 
the interaction of all these movements together, climate, society, equality, women's rights, all the things, they are creating a, 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 a moment in time where there's uh, more opportunity. It's hard though. Like, how do you, because you're in communications at Climeworks. So do mm-hmm. you all, um, how do you all think about that? Like, do you just, yeah, what do you think? <laughs> well, I can't. I don't see you messaging lots of stuff. Like, I don't see Climeworks posting things about uh, whatever social movement or mm-hmm. you're very on message with the technology. Yet you, it sounds like you probably internally are also aware of how you're part of a moment in time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can only speak for myself, but all of these topics um, are very relevant to me. And whenever I can, I also try to include it in my work. Um, I, and and there are a lot of other people at Climeworks that 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 also pay attention to this I would say Mm. Um, of course it's a different story when you have to represent a company Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. um, you know we are kind of building a new industry and are still trying to be neutral you are in Switzerland after all right (laughs) (laughs) walk us through briefly because I'm sure people would love to hear it from you how does Climeworks direct air capture carbon removal work I've talked about it on this show, but you give us the rundown. <laughs> All right. Okay. So our direct air capture machines, they consist uh, of these modules we call CO2 collectors. And um, it, you can imagine it looks like a big cube and it has an opening on both sides. And inside of the collector is a filter material. And... On the one side of the collector, we also have a ventilator, which sucks in the air, the ambient air. And um, the CO2 molecules within that air, that they react with the filter material, so they stick to it. And the CO2-free air then leaves the collector again. And at some point, um, the material, the filter material inside of the collector is just full with CO2. It cannot take any more molecules. It's it's saturated. And then we close the collector and heat it to approximately 100 degrees Celsius. And this this releases the CO2 from the filter and we can collect it in a very pure form. And then we've captured the CO2, right? It's not yet stored. To store it, we actually collaborate with uh, the Icelandic company Carbfix, um, and they mix the CO2 we capture with water and pump it deep underground. And we do that in Iceland because Iceland is very specific um, due to its volcanic stones. So it's basically an island that consists of volcanic stone basaltic stone to be more specific and when the co2 is pumped into that basaltic stone it reacts with it and it becomes solid itself it mineralizes so the co2 turns into stone and this is probably the fastest safest and most permanent storage option we currently have 
Um, so compared Dun, to other <laughs> compared to other geological storage methods, it's very very fast. It's, it only takes two years for the CO two to mineralize. I think. Um, thank you for that. I love. And now I have it recorded, so I can make sure when I say it, I'm saying it correctly. Um, I think people get confused with CCS, with carbon capture and storage, which is distinctive from direct air capture, from pulling carbon out of the ambient air versus pulling carbon out of an industrial flue stream, mm -hmm. which is sometimes used in enhanced oil recovery. Say a little bit about that. Yeah, this is actually one of the biggest challenges we have in our communications work because there are just so many terms out there mm. and they mm. all sound similar, but mm. what's behind them is completely different. So mm. you're completely right that CCS, uh, which stands for Carbon Capture and Storage, is actually point source capture. So you would capture the CO2 from, for example, uh, I don't know, coal fire plant, mm -hmm. um, which means that you prevent the CO2, which is produced by that plant, to from entering the atmosphere. So you reduce emissions. Um, direct air capture captures the CO2 not from a point source, but from, from ambient air, so the air around us. Um, so the CO2, which is already emitted. And um, this means you can actually reduce the CO2 level in the atmosphere. And why is this important? Because, I mean, today, there's not really a difference in terms of the effect it has because we still emit so much CO2 in the atmosphere. So mm. um, why should we take it out of the air again if we're still emitting more into it? But at some point, it will become very relevant because um, obviously as, a, as humanity, we try to reduce emissions as much as possible, um, mm. but it's very unlikely that we get to zero emissions. Mm. Some industries will still have emissions like aviation, for example, and we need to get to zero emissions. How do we do that? By removing the CO2 that's already in the air. Mm. And mm -hmm. you can do that only with technological solutions like direct air capture or with natural solutions like trees. And we need mm -hmm. both. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is it. We need both. I, it's really um, the, the sense of, of scaling up for the future. I think, if, I think this is one of the grandest communications marketing opportunities ever is <laughs> like, differentiating these technologies, explaining and hearing from other people, like also how they think about the future. And, mm -hmm. um, and there's so much, uh, there is still, I, there's bickering out there where it, as I get more into kind of like climate press and I'm, you know, trying to follow as much as I can in Twitter and LinkedIn and different articles, there is uh, a perception sometimes that the technology is in competition with the nature-based solutions. And really it's not, 
it's not that. We know we have to reduce. I think there's a pragmatism in the carbon removal community that recognizes that fossil fuels are don't just stop overnight. Mm-hmm. And it couldn't it couldn't be that they would just stop overnight. And so we do have this period of years that's a transition as we reduce and reduce and reduce, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, I totally get the people's concerns about that. Also that technologies like direct air capture um, um, stand in or compete with, with afforestation, for example, because it's hard to understand that why should we invest now in technologies like direct air capture if we could just plant more trees and it's so much cheaper at the moment and that's that's very true and I, i'm as a person i'm 100 for natural solutions as much as possible however climate science simply says that if we want to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees we need those technologies readily readily available by i don't know 2030, 2050. And to be able to do that, we have to invest now. We have to scale now. Otherwise, we won't make it. And it's, it's not a question of either or. It's, we just, we, as humanity, we just waited too long. We have to deploy Mm. all, all solutions that are out there. Mm. Yes. I'm looking out the window at the trees and the mountains and thinking as you're saying all that. Yes. Um, I agree, obviously. Uh, I want to switch gears, Anna, and talk about your favorite author or your favorite music. Do you like to dance? Do you eat ice cream? I think I have this perception of you as very sort of uh, controlled, although I know you can be goofy sometimes, but like, let's hear a little bit more about things that you love to do. Yeah, I think I'm... I'm rather different in my private life than my professional <laughs> life. Um, <laughs> so I, in my in my professional life, I need that structure to not drown in this chaos, you know? No, I'm, ki- mm. I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> oh yeah, when, when I thought about who's my favorite author, the first person that came to my mind is Michael Ende, or Michael End, if mm. you can translate it into mm. English. He's a he was a German um, writer, um, mm. mostly writing children's books and and kind of fantasy books. And mm. his language is just beautiful. And I reread a couple of books in recent years, and mm. uh, you know, it's the topics are still so relevant, but from mm. a different angle. And I can say more. Like it can, I have not heard. You'll have to. Um, we'll have to put this in the notes. I don't know this author. Well, I can recommend his book Momo, M O M O, and it's it's about a little girl who um, doesn't doesn't have any family, and mm-hmm. she lives in a amphitheater. I don't know how to pronounce it mm-hmm. in English. And uh, her superpower is listening. Uh-huh. So people yeah, approach her just because she can listen very well and it helps them to resolve their challenges and everything. Mm. And it's about this um, threat of 
gray men in suits mm. <laughs> that steal mm. that start to steal adults time wow and this is it, heavy it's, it's heavy but it's beautiful and i when i reread it i was like oh my god that's exactly <laughs> the problem of the mm -hmm. society mm -hmm. what about music It, it really depends on my mood, but maybe if I have to name an artist, I, I'd mm. say Nick Malvi. Mm. I just uh, came across him, I think, one or two years ago, and I like him because like, his music kind of calms me down, and he's, his, he's also singing a lot about you know, the topics we just discussed today, so mm. what do we humans do to our planet but not in a negative way mm. well anna any parting thoughts it's so thank you i just want to thank you for taking so much time with me because i feel like i burst onto the scene with all my tomorrow's air intensity and you have been so generous i think it's just amazing the people that are that i get to know in this in this field and That includes you, Christina. I really appreciate um, being in touch with you and, you know, being creative and crazy about things and kind of, yeah, think out of out of the box also. So, yeah, I just I just want to encourage encourage everyone to connect with each other and mm. you know, building building this industry or building climate solutions can only happen by collaborating with each other and yeah i think tomorrow's air and you and i are best like practices in that example. regard this is true that's true <laughs> right on well thank you anna so much have a good um rest of your weekend maybe you'll go for a hike i'm sure we'll talk soon we'll talk soon yeah thank you very much christina for having me and Have a great weekend yourself. <laughs> <laughs>